Welcome to episode 220 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Welcome back, everyone. Small hiatus, um, but a lot has went on. Not as much as we hoped, but a lot has went on. Um, where do you want to start today? Um, start with like more recent stuff. You want to go into the off season that we really haven't gotten to fully cover, or where do you want to? Let's talk about the NFL season a little bit because it's starting to uh, get going. Yeah, uh, been a little bit of drama already in a lot of places. Yeah, um, what's going on with the running backs, man? The contracts is it's getting kind of scary for them. To be honest. Um, I think I saw a stat where they're not even in the top like seventy five highest paid players right now. The most uh, expensive running back isn't when. Less than 20 years ago, running backs were up in the top five uh, highest paid players in the league. Um, I, I honestly, the game is changing. it's weird because like, it's not like in basketball when like sometimes the position will change and it'll become less crucial. Yeah. Like teams are still running the ball. It's not like it's only quarterbacks passing it. Most of the teams that had success, that have success in general, run the ball well. Yeah. I mean, it's like That's football 101 that to, to make both like sides of the offense easier, you got to be able to do both. Do you think there's any uh, – do you think that it could be because um, quarterbacks are becoming better runners? To to a small extent, yeah, but because to be honest, you know, what I, I think, think it more is than more. Ever. What? I do think I do think there is something to, to say about the fact that like the quarterbacks in general are better athletes. Yeah, uh, but to me, like a lot of these teams spend so much money on linemen. Yeah, they do now. Yeah. So, like, when you're really spending such a huge chunk of your salary cap on the linemen, I could see the kind of – I mean, to me, this is still a wrong mindset, but I could see mm-hmm. that mindset of, like, you know, our running stats depend on the line more than, like, a, a running back that's really good versus a running back that's just good. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe teams are looking at it more statistically, like – the reason our run game works is because of the line like that. I think that could be a legitimate reason, but it's still, it still doesn't take into account like so much of what a running back can do. Uh, So I I just think it's a short sighted way to look at it. Yeah. And if that's the case, it, it had to have started somewhere where they started overpaying linemen, right? Like that market had to have shifted somewhere. Um, probably hard to pinpoint now, but either way, it is. It is. I'm sure it's very frustrating for running backs right now. You know what else I think it is? Is guys are more confident in like securing their future. Like now, you see a little bit more of the like the public player is not attending training camp, or like he could Uh, potentially sit out. 
because guys are like, yo, like I just had a good year or I had a like a way better year than expected or like I've had a couple good years. Like football can be really short. You know, I, I don't want to yeah. play on one year deals if I'm playing at a really high level. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And I think the like the players having more confidence in like, yo, I need you to take care of me for years, not just one year. Right. I think it's right. putting teams in a tougher spot that they need to like they, they just need to understand it a little bit better. Yeah. The solution yeah. shouldn't be to just shun running backs. Right. That to me doesn't really make sense. And I mean your your giants are like like a prime example of, you know, like it doesn't, you can't really even comprehend why they didn't pay their running back. It's almost like they're following the trend. Everything that they're doing contract wise is a mystery. Right. All of it. But yeah, you're right. It does seem like they're following a trend when they should be starting the trend because they have a top five running back in the league. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you're seeing a lot of running backs retire really early. Like, uh, yeah. Most recently, Sony Michelle retired. He's 28. He's only played five seasons. And he's retiring. And he's been good like, everywhere. He's been really good everywhere. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of strange. Um, it's, I think it's just really, really hard out <clears throat> here for, for those guys. Uh, I hope. Something changes. It's going to take some a team really stepping out and dropping a bag on a running back again. But other, I think another problem is in the past, after really big contracts, we were seeing like injuries right away. Le'Veon, um, Gurley, I mean, Zeke. Zeke was a was a horrible example. Like for run, like he made running backs look bad. Yeah. Yeah, because remember it was like you know Dallas is super public and in the news. It was such a big yeah. deal that they were taking a long time to pay him. Yeah, uh, and you know he had the, his first three four years he was like incredible, and yeah. everybody like there was like social pressure to like yo take care of Zeke, and they mm-hmm. and they finally did, and it has kind of blown up in their face. Yeah, it has. So, yeah. you know, like there is some level of understanding from teams being more careful. But mm-hmm. again, for it to exclusively be running backs while every other market in positions goes up. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is that's a weird adjustment. It is. It definitely is. Yep. Um, On a lighter note. It does seem like a lot of players are getting back healthy, like at the right time. Um, seeing a lot of guys in training camp that, you know, ended the year off with an injury or yeah. started the summer off worried about an injury. It looks like we're going to have a mostly healthy NFL to start the year out. Um, so that'll be, that'll be pretty good. Uh, any other major NFL news? No, man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for a lot of teams that could either be really good or really bad. Yeah. And I love that I'm excited for both. You know what I mean? Like New York, New York teams, both of them could go either way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a little bit tired of Aaron Rodgers bragging about the pay cut. 
And like Man. he was bragging about it. Now the coaches are bragging about it. I mean, he like he fucked over the Packers not taking a pay cut. So right. why would I credit him for taking this? Like he wouldn't have been able to go to the Jets if he didn't take a pay cut, probably. Yeah, it's like it, it, yeah, it was the only way he was going to get to the Jets. So it doesn't not that impressive. But Aaron, yeah, it, Aaron is insanely self-centered. Like just hearing him talk, the way he makes everything about himself is is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited too. Some teams I'm really looking out for. We'll get into more as the season starts, but yeah. um it's gonna be really, really competitive. Or not. Like the NFL season always is. That's why the NFL is so exciting, because like you said, yeah, most teams like can there, even be there great. are favorites, but it's it's. Yeah. I mean, up until you really start the playoffs, like really anything could happen during the season. So, so exciting. Yep. 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 Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Let's move on to the NBA offseason. Um. We haven't really gotten to cover it too much. Uh, a little bit, but not too much. But we have Last some teams we that either right before or right after the draft. I believe it was right after. Right after the draft, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot has happened. A lot of signings, trades. Um, we're gonna break down some teams that we really like off season wise. Um, let's start with the ones that we don't have together first. Let's knock those out, and then we'll talk along about the ones that we both agree on. Mm-hmm. You go first. Um Brooklyn wasn't in your list, right? Right. Yeah. But I like uh, what Brooklyn did. Brooklyn to me, like, and it's kind of going to be a theme with, with some of the other teams for me, but it's the room for flexibility. I I just, mm-hmm. to me, like, they're an average team. And mm-hmm. they kind of showed that, you know, without without the with the guys they currently have, like, they can be competitive. Yeah, but to me, like a lot of people are excited for that for them to get Dame. In my opinion, they'll be ready if if a star player wants to go somewhere at the deadline. They'll be ready. If yeah. a star player wants to go somewhere next season, they'll be ready. Yep. And and they're a team that could really look at how they're playing and like evaluate what they need. Yeah. Yep, they they freed up a lot of money, but mm-hmm. also signed everyone they needed to resign. Um, yeah, all the they're key really guys. young. Yep, I mean you know they're young. Seth. They have... Seth is a good player, but he wasn't a key guy for them. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. They and they managed to keep Ben Simmons for now, regardless of what they're going to do with him later. We're not not sure, but like you said, the flexibility to do something with him. Is is better than uh, trading him for nothing or getting rid yeah. of him for nothing, you know? And, and to me, so. like, all those guys are going to be able to build their trade value if that's the way they go. Or all those yep. guys get better by having a bigger role without, like, a clear-cut star player being there. Yep. So I, I kind of like that they almost didn't overreact to the fact that they could do all these different things and are patient mm-hmm. to really see what's best for them. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Yep. Um, 
You want to go to your next one? No, give me one of yours, and then I'll do my last one. Okay. Um, I had the Lakers. And the problem is, we come every year talking about the Lakers offseason. Like, this is like the maybe fifth year in a row where we're really praising the Lakers offseason, um, hoping that this is the year that they take it to the next level. Um, you know, that, that ship is probably sailed at this point. But uh, I do like the moves that they, they did make. They had a lot of pickups that I think were guys that really can't hurt your team. The like all upside guys, Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, they re-signed Reeves, re-signed Rui, um, re-signed D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and I, I even like some of the rookies that they got. But all those guys, to me, are impact guys who affect the game on both ends, don't really have any negatives to their game, like easy plug-and-play guys to any kind of system. Yeah. Um, good link. Uh you know, good energy guys. Torian Prince and Jackson Hayes obviously are high energy guys. Then you got Cam Reddish and Gabe Vincent who are very um, controlled players. So I I think they made really, really, really good moves um, coming into this year. And I, they're another team I think has flexibility that the other guys that they had from the past easily could let them go at this point if they needed to. Yes. Uh, so... I mean, I, like the players themselves are like an obvious, like all of them are an obviously good pickup. Even mm-hmm. Reddish is a guy who's, you know, he, you could easily bury him in the bench or, or move him. But his upside, I th- still think is really good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, they got uh, the the young guy, Christy. He looks like he's developing really well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he does. The thing with the Lakers, like I, I finally – I appreciate that they are finally preparing that like LeBron and AD won't be there forever. Mm-hmm. And the duo of LeBron and AD is probably like on its last year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, like finally they, like you said, they have options. They're looking to do different things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate them. I'm looking forward to that, seeing what they do. Um, that I, I really like the move financially that they made um, the Westbrook move even better now because they basically let everybody from that trade go other than Vanderbilt. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, too. So now, that, I mean, that's why they have enough money to sign all those guys. But, yeah. All right, next. Uh, and my other team that surprised you was Milwaukee. Yeah, well, that does surprise me. But I, looking at the moves, I like them as well. But go ahead, break it down. Brought the core back. Yes. It was very easy to, like, not. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who were like, you know, the Chris Middleton thing, like, maybe it's time to let him go. Uh, Brooke Lopez, yeah. he's not really worth paying a lot. But but I really like that they kind of overpaid for Brooke. They brought back Middleton, who they need. Mm-hmm. Like to me, they're a running back team. They're they're not an yeah. overreact. They're not a fucking destroy the core. I know they lost really badly, and if we get mm-hmm. like some sort of repeat of that, then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'm still under the impression that it was more Jimmy Butler's insane greatness than anything else. 
Yeah, and Greek Freak being hurt, Middleton still not really being back. Yeah, it was a lot. A lot so, of so to me, again, it's not really like it's similar to Brooklyn. I like that they didn't kind of go into the pressure of like trying to change it up. Mm-hmm. Because I want to see what they could do. I, I still think they're a favorite. I still think they're at worst, you know, a third best team in the East. Yeah. So I, I really want to see. How, and now and now they have legitimate adversity. Yeah. And, um, you know, they got Robin Lopez, who probably will retire there. But they upgraded Wes Matthews with Malik Beasley, who is like, a perfect fit for them because yeah. normally when Malik Beasley has to do more than just shoot is when he gets in trouble. That's when teams are like trying to get rid of him, don't know what to do with him. But on Milwaukee, he really is that's a heaven for him to just stay in the corner and take shots, basically. Get hot. He's someone that um Milwaukee's a team that if guys get hot, there's really like no way to stop them because they're always gonna be open with uh, the other players that they have with uh, Giannis out there, he's always going to find somebody that even if you guys are face guarding, they're probably still going to get shots off because you have to double Giannis in paint. So, yeah. And they made the one change that they had to make. They had to get a new coach after that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, not just after that, but after a while, uh, Long road of things. I, I, you know, I've been critical of Bud the whole playoff run. They won a championship. I, I've been critical of him since. I was extremely critical before. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot of flaws that they overcame, in my opinion, that they never resolved. Yeah, I agree. And it was more credit to agree. the individual players than, like, any kind of coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will see what happens. Um I I'm really curious to see how they come out, how their play style is with a new coat. Um if it changes or if it just is tweaked a little bit better. This is this will be Giannis's fourth coach, I think. Yeah, fourth coach. Yeah, who's um, there before Jason Kidd? I don't remember, but I know I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah, but I I'm pretty sure he didn't I'm pretty sure he didn't draft uh Giannis. Yeah, I'm I I'm pretty sure you're accurate on that. Yeah. Okay. Um my next one is the Utah Jazz. And this one is a little bit different because it's a lot different from all the other ones we've talked about so far because I would say everyone we talked about so far are like actually contenders. But um, I think the Jazz taking another step in the direction of being younger, being more explosive. And I don't know if any team in the draft drafted players that fit like their direction better than Utah did. Um uh, Keontae George and who was the other one they drafted? Taylor Hendricks. Both both of them are young. They're ath- super athletic. They're versatile. And w- when you look at their skill set compared to the, what they have on the team, it's just like this is a flawless fit. And we saw 
Well, we saw Keontae George play fantastic in the summer league. But then um, getting John Collins was another explosive dunker. Hopefully he ha- he brings that to the team. But I think they're taking steps to get younger. And just like uh, Collins is a young veteran at this point. He is a veteran, but like he's still – I don't even think he's 30 yet. A young yeah. veteran for for the Jazz. I like that they didn't overreact and think, oh, we're contenders. Let's trade a bunch of guys, like three-for-one trade. No, we re-signed um, Jordan Clarkson, gave him a bag, good bag, and now uh, they look like they'll probably be maybe towards the bottom of the uh, plan this year. I don't think they're going to be out of the playoffs again for a while. Yeah. It's weird for them. Like, I, It's really hard to predict like what direction they'll go as far as whether they'll kind of stay the same or get better or worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm with you, man. I I like the direction they're trying to go. I like how committed they seem to the young players, not even necessarily the young player. Like Clarkson has been there. Clarkson's another like young vet kind of guy. Yeah. And he's played at an extremely high level there. Like, you know, probably his peak. And they're taking yep. care of him. They they believe yeah. in him. They've committed to him. Like you said, they paid him. And he deserved every fucking dollar. Yeah, he did. Big time. So uh, yeah. I'm excited how marketing improves. I'm excited to see how their coach uh, plugs in the new the new draft picks. They're upside, man. There's so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looking good for them. <clears throat> scrappy uh explosive yeah love it all right next uh so every other team we have together right memphis uh we'll start with memphis first yes sir. i didn't have memphis but I, i'm curious to hear oh okay <clears throat> yeah um i mentioned it i think in in some capacity when the initial moves happened the big moves mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but to me they're like they're really trying to prove that they're a contender. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like don't really take them seriously, but to me, if they're not a contender, they're the closest possible thing. Uh I would agree with that. And to me, all their moves show like we're preparing for flaws. We've had, we're trying Uh to fix issues we've had. Now, again, uh-huh. bottom line will come down to their star player being being able to mature fast. But, like, yeah. like honestly, to when your star player is immature, especially a guard, I mean, who, who better to bring in to try to fix that than Marcus Smart? Right. Like, I agree. Maybe Drew Holiday? Maybe? I mean, mm-hmm. you know. He's not, not as vocal. Right. To me, like, Smart... Smart showed that ability with Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Like, Smart is a high, a really high-level player. There's no excuse for Memphis not to buy into his leadership. Right. And, and Memphis reflects a lot of how he plays. hmm So, honestly, man, to me, like, maybe that's a little too early to predict. But Smart is probably the the bit most impactful offseason pickup individually. 
because uh-huh. I truly believe if one player could get Memphis to that next step, it, it was him. I agree with that for sure. So uh-huh. uh, to me, this, this was a no brainer. I mean, I, I, I like who they kept. I like that they're uh-huh. getting, they're getting healthier. That was a big reason they struggled in the playoffs. Yeah. Big reason. Yeah. And, and you know, Ja was the most immature player off the court. No question. Mm-hmm. But the most immature player on the court wasn't Ja, and and he's gone. <laughs> so yeah. and, the, and he was the second most immature player off the court, <laughs> right? But like, yeah. but his play on the court was just—I mean, that Lakers series—he was just insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to me, that's like an addition by subtraction. And again, to me, they're really close. So I do want to see the core run it back. Uh-huh. We're talking the core about did Dylan not Brooks include those... fucking Dylan Brooks. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, we're talking about Dylan Brooks for those who don't know. We're, we'll yeah. talk about him again in a little while. But yes, yeah. Um, and all all really great points. A sneaky pickup was Josh Christopher from Houston, who I think they mm. got for Brooks, who is a freak athlete, a yes. great scorer for a really young guy. I. I think this is the type of team where he would just randomly like start exploding numbers wise. Um, and then talking about leaders, another off the court maturity guy, Derek Rose. So that's sneaky, sneaky uh, move for them. Um, yes. So and they gave and they gave a bag to their most reliable player. Yeah, Bane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he a little maybe a little too much of a bag? I would say for how he has played, no. Yeah, I would say for his, for amount of his contribution to the team, no. Yeah, I agree. He's, he exceeds my expectations like almost every game I watch. So it's a no-brainer to keep him for years. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Yep. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the ones that we both um, agreed on. Let's start with Dallas. Um. So, you you can start with Dallas. How do you feel about him first? What do you like um, the best of these? Holmes, I think, is an awesome pickup. I agree. I mean, it, it, it's it's maybe more of a knock on other teams, but teams that need a center and don't get one. Or, or teams that lack front court, like depth, just skill, and don't add to that, it, mm-hmm. like, it, it just blows my mind. I, and I believe this was a draft night move for them. I forgot what yeah, the I move so. was, but I remember them kind of, it was kind of a deal around draft night that they got him. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the like, why would you not pair two top-tier scoring guards with good bigs? Like that's a no brainer to me. If you watch yeah. Dallas's play style is is very flawed. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. flawed with Kyrie there. But if mm-hmm. you're gonna overcome that, you're clearly not changing it anytime soon. Right. Right. <laughs> but if you're gonna overcome it, you need size. Yeah. I think in every position you need guard size, wing size, and size for your bigs. And mm-hmm. Holmes helps that. I think Curry's a good addition to the depth, Seth Curry. 
I think yep. Grant Williams gives you more wing size that you you significantly lost when Dorian Finney-Smith left. Yeah. Like, that was such a noticeable absence. Uh-huh. So, and again, I love that they addressed that, like, they and they paid Grant Williams a, a decent amount, you know, assuming that's what they're addressing. Yeah. But, but the moves are, like, very self-aware. They're very, we're trying to adjust what didn't work. And, you know, uh-huh. in their case, they had to run it back. Yeah. So, I, so yeah. I'm not really mad that they're kind of keeping the nucleus together because they're all, all the alternatives were worse. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I agree with all the points. And they didn't um, overpay Kyrie, all, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't a five-year, like, reset-the-market deal because he obviously didn't deserve that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it was reasonable for his talent. It was. Yeah, it's reasonable to pay someone that's going to be your second best player. That's how I always right. look at it. Who? How good is this guy going to be on your team? Oh, second best player? He should make the second most amount of money. Probably. Yeah. In, I mean, in theory. Um, I completely agree. Um, Holmes is a lob threat that they desperately needed. These guys, Luca comes off picks, always going right. But he comes off picks. Tyree comes off picks, and there's like nobody there to, to do anything to make a good they've pass. Made, like they've made Dwight Powell a forced lob threat, but it's so obvious that he's not like he's not that good at it. He's not. He doesn't have great timing, and he just doesn't get up higher than anybody. So <laughs> Rashawn Holmes is an athletic freak, um, yes. and it, and to your point, Biggs. I would even take it further and say teams that don't get energetic bigs when they need an energetic big, because sometimes they don't even have to be good. Like I criticize the Warriors for not getting a more uh, talented big, but all they needed was Looney to play with more energy, and he he figured yeah. it out. And some of the some of the teams look for like really talented bigs, like. The Nurkic's of the league, the Vucevic's of the league, but in reality, a and lot it's, of them it's so much need... more. Um, what's the what's yeah. the word like aesthetic over substance? Right, exactly. Yeah, you you need the energy, you need power, you need guys yes. who are hungry every night, and those guys are the ones who who have played better for all those teams. So that I think Holmes is that. I think he's a he's a uh, workhorse down there. So I think he's going to help them a lot. And then Seth is another guy you just really can't go wrong with. Uh, similar to, I mean, he's a veteran, but similar to Reddish, either you don't play him that much or you start him. Like, in, he's going to do what he does either way. Yep. And he's another guy who has become a much better ball handler. So Luke and Kyrie don't have to have the ball for a full 48 minutes, which was and, a and disaster he- towards the end of the season last year. Uh, he was at his best there in, in a very yeah. similar play style. Yep. Yep. And then Grant Williams, is, I mean, he's just a zero negative guy to me Absolutely. at this point. I, I think Boston just has just had too many guys, so it just wasn't working for him. But, I mean, he, he just doesn't hurt you. He either hits the shots or he doesn't, but he's going to play hard defense. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's a good Super guy to get rebounds. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy to get rebounds when you're big, has to like 
play harder defense. Like Grant Williams gets in there and will give you ten rebounds randomly. Yes. So, yeah, they, they got all love, good pickups. I think Kid is gonna have fun coaching them. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams has that like that rare role player quality that even when the game is stagnant, I I want to contribute. Yep. Like that, and yep. Dallas needs more guys like that because it's you know Luca and Kyrie get very stagnant. But uh-huh. like Dwight Powell's the guy who thrives because he's always active. Yeah, and and it's not, and it's not even con- uh, contributing on scoring. He'll set yeah. a big charge. He'll mm-hmm. he'll die for a ball. He'll take somebody out. Whatever it is, like he just yeah. if something needs to be needs to happen, Grant Williams will make it happen. And I and I yeah, I think Grant Williams is a perfect fit for them. And, and like it doesn't really make sense for Boston to pay him. To your point. But with Dallas, mm-hmm. when it's a player, like, he fits so many things they need. Like, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, I think they got some other guys that are just roster fillers that I think are good roster fillers. Even the rookies, I think, were guys that um, they, they don't really use their rookies that much, haven't in a while. But uh, guys that might have high upside later. The, the rookies, yeah, but Dante Exit though. <laughs> No, not exit. No, no, no. <laughs> He's a lost cause. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was about, but yeah. Um. Okay. And lastly, the Houston Rockets. Uh, easily the busiest off season. The busiest, and rightfully so. Right? They were. Might have been the worst. Did they have the worst record in the league? Close to it. Honestly, man, honestly, their their record, I think San Antonio might have been a little bit worse with the wins and losses. Yeah. But, you know, from the eye test, like, San Antonio had no talent. Right. I'm not, what, what the fuck am I expecting from San Antonio with no talent, no, not a fucking, not a guy close to being an all-star. They got rid of the one really talented player they had. Right. Houston, Houston showed us. A- talent at every position and was a fucking embarrassment yep like that that's what we were we were very positive about their potential last offseason because all their guys showed upside they did high upside it's like with brooklyn with similar to brooklyn where all the guys have shown upside some of them have shown a little more since getting to brooklyn and you see, like, the chemistry is going to be good either way. With, mm-hmm. with Houston, it was the total fucking opposite. It was. It like, was. Man, the coaching was inept. Their offense was inept. I mean, th- their yeah. competitiveness was inept. They didn't even look competitive the, worst, the last two years. And the worst part is they they had chemistry. They just didn't have any of those other things you said. And that's the scariest part. That tells me it is mostly coaching because the guys were getting along for the most part. They got rid of um, uh, the one that's that just left Dallas. I forgot his name already, but tall dude. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Wood, Christian Wood. Yeah, Christian Wood, Christian Wood. Yeah, they just got rid of Christian Wood, who was like, who had problems with some of the other teammates. But everybody else, they're they're young. They look like they're uh, have like the same goals, all kind of same hungry. But the coaching wasn't there, man. It, it was coaching was really really bad, and that's the biggest 
most important offseason move that they made, the best offseason move they made was getting a new coach, one who has been to the finals, which is great. Um, and then some of the signees, I mean, getting Dylan Brooks, I think, yeah, Dylan Brooks doesn't work for a contender like Memphis or a team that otherwise had good chemistry and was doing their exactly. thing. And, you know, he really wasn't – he might have been, like, one of the older guys, but he really wasn't, like, a vet for them. On this team, he can be a vet. He can just do what he, he has to do. He doesn't have to start. They, they ha- I think there's more flexibility with his game and his attitude on this team. Um, Fred Van Vliet, man, another guy, been, champion, been to the finals. Um He's not really a negative guy either. Maybe size, but the rest of the team has enough size and athleticism that you know he'll he'll be fine. Another shooter. They needed shooting. They needed someone who didn't turn the ball over every time they came down court. Van Vliet is that. I mean, I tell you, I'll simplify it as far as Van Vliet and Brooks goes. You know what Houston needed? They needed guys who've won. And yeah. Van Fleet is like the, the best case where he's a fucking champion. But yeah. but Brooks was on a team that was winning a lot. Yeah. I mean, Houston was getting like it was so bad. Like the guys were developing into losers. Yeah, they were. I mean, Jalen Green, like honestly, has become a worse basketball player in his first two years there. Which is insane. I mean, Kevin yeah. Porter. Porter Jr., I don't know what fucking position he is. Hopefully, we'll figure that out this year. And, and Van Fleet yeah, helps so. that to some extent. But yeah. to me, these guys were in winning environments. They understand what it takes. Like, right. the last two years, Houston, who, Eric Gordon? He didn't give a fuck. He didn't want to be there. He had been requested to get out of there. He knew it would be this gross. Yeah. Yep. He, he just yep. doesn't have the fucking, you know, the, the authority that like Harden had. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, this, and he wasn't you know, as desirable either. I can't stress enough how bad they were. They were really bad. They, they weren't just losing. They were embarrassing their players. Their coach was yeah. getting embarrassed every night. Their f- fan base was gone within the two-year period. Yep. So uh, yeah. uh, I think everything they're doing is like we're we're not we're not fucking sitting in purgatory. Like we're not we're not a fucking contender for worst team in the league. We're not the most embarrassing yeah. product to be put on the court like for the year. Right. I love their draft. Yeah. The the young guys all literally all their fucking draft picks had a good summer league. Yeah, MVP of the summer league. And he dropped. Like he, he dropped because of injuries, and he ended up being MVP of the summer league, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Jabari Smith looked like he looked like he'd been in the league for like six years in yes. the summer league. He was so much more seasoned. He took beautiful shots. His versatility was on display. He was he looked great. Um, the Thompson brother they got, which I think is supposed to be the better Thompson. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten to the point where I remember the first names. Yeah, Amin and Asur is the other one. Asur, yeah, but like, was, which one is which? I, I haven't uh, oh, yeah. locked down yet. Yeah, I'm not there yet either. I'm going to need like the first remember, month of the season to 
get there, especially because I won't see Detroit probably, you know, until close to Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to need a few highlights before I remember. Like, one of them is going to have to have a nasty dunk. Then I'll remember, oh, that's, I'm in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I think they, I mean, both of them, but the Houston one especially, like, played with such a confidence, such a, like, an explosive energy that yeah. a team with the, all these young guys, like he's going to fit right in. Yeah. And, uh, and like sneaky, they got Aaron holiday and Jock Landale who are both young, young players, but have shown that they like deserve to be on the court at times, which I, both I thought easily was like fit rotations easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's amazing that they're stacking up on point guards that have all been proven point guards. And then Jock Landale, they needed a backup big. They didn't have one, really, last year. Yeah. Um, and Jock Landale was starting games for Phoenix And, and they lost uh, K.J. Martin, right? Yeah. And then the Josh Christopher that went to Memphis. So they lost those guys. Again, again, I would be a little more skeptical if they didn't combine a phenomenal draft with, like, an aggressive, yeah. you know, we're looking for vets free agency. Yeah. And the fact that, again, it might not work out. Maybe they're like a disappointing 30-win team. But yeah, to me, like their bar is so low from what we saw the last two years. Yeah. Like they're, they're... they're a team that's fighting for, to me, respect. Like especially the guys that have been there. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. They they have to get their manhood back this year. I mean, bro, sure. they, there's you you used to be able to find like breakdown videos of them not playing an offense. Like they would yeah. just come down and just do literally random shit. Yep. I mean, the NBA is a simple game, like as far as how they play, but it ain't it ain't pickup. Right. Right. So. Uh, again, I'm I'm very excited for Houston. I, I'm okay with saying we were completely wrong last year, but if you think about it, nothing really changed from the year before, right? One one yeah, good that's draft the crazy pick, part. and Jabari Smith. You know, we still believe is a good draft pick, but one good draft mm-hmm. pick was not saving that mess, right? Like Wembenyama couldn't have saved that fucking mess to me. No, no, I I, I love this so, haul. They needed a haul for sure. I mean, sure. Again, so many pickups. They went from like who the fuck is out there to now it's like all guys that have been around that have played or guys that are coming in with a lot of upside, a lot of young energy and are mm-hmm. un- already under a better coach. Yep. To yep. me, if they win the same amount of games, I still believe Udoka is a better coach. Yeah, Udoka is a instant energy tainter from uh, Steven Silas. Instant, and if anything, that yeah. will that should give them at least five more wins. Off like halfway into the season, they should have five more wins than they did just from their energy, yeah. at least. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I'm definitely excited for them. Definitely. Uh, and, I mean, they've and been they like highlight wise, they've been must watch. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's always been their thing, and they've gotten a lot more structure with these moves, uh, because mm-hmm. I think, like you said, we they didn't really have a point guard on the team. Now they got like four. Uh, Dylan Brooks is someone who 
like in the past, they didn't have anyone who was like their go-to defender. They're just like, yo, just pick somebody up. Now Dylan Brooks is someone who, all right, we know who's going to guard the best player on the other team. Yeah, he might get cooked, but we know who our primary defender guy is. It's Dylan Brooks. That's better than not having one at all. So, Like um, just, just seeing a guy working hard on both ends. Like Houston really hasn't had that. Eric Gordon wasn't doing that. You know, nope. they didn't have any vets to do that. Eric Gordon stopped caring about winning like five games into the season last year. <laughs> For sure. No question. <laughs> he was done. I don't I, He didn't care about winning anymore. It was over. Yeah, yeah. dude. So again, they, they like they're, they, they showed so much self-awareness that this was fucking gross. Like, no, we're not sitting in this filth. Like it was filth. And I'm happy it's changing. Yep. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, teams, those are teams that we really uh, enjoyed their offseason. But you have some teams that you want to talk about whose offseason you didn't like. Let's get into it. The the one I think you'll definitely agree with me is, is Golden State. I mean... Yeah. They're... Uh, I just man. don't get it. Man. Another year it. of another year of uh, Draymond getting in foul trouble with nobody to check in for him, uh, yeah, and Looney Looney like having to put up Dennis Rodman stats for them to have uh, consistent front court production. Yeah, yeah, Looney's gonna have man, to be full Moses Malone this year. I, I mean, I I hate that they're putting more. Like on the shoulders of Steph and Clay. Wait, wait, wait! They got Corey Joseph. I mean, the Rockets. Every gu- guard the Rockets got is better than Corey Joseph. <laughs> I know, man. I'm I don't. I don't the fucking get limb. It. The Thompson twin they got is already better than Corey Joseph. Bro, Kimball Walker and John Waller at home. And the Warriors felt like they needed to sign Corey Joseph. And, and honestly, man, who the fuck is excited? Like, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of, like, casual basketball fans. Not a yeah. single one of them is excited about the thought of Chris Paul playing with the Warriors. I'm not excited about it at all. Like, I could not care less that the Warriors got Chris Paul. Even if he's healthy... Even if he's like the the Chris Paul from a year or two ago, like yeah, it, they they clearly didn't need him. No, they didn't. And for him, listen, and I know it was kind of like it's kind of tongue in cheek. He was kind of like joking. It seemed like, but for him to mm-hmm. dismiss or like question the idea that you're obviously not starting, dude, like it would be <laughs> ludicrous. For for Steve Kerr to throw him and Steph and Clay out there at the same time, so he'd be like, where would he be? Like he'd be the pool of the pool party. Oh, oh, that just sounds awful. The Paul party? (laughs) No, bro. He's never been a take quick shots guy. No, he's not. Like he, Houston, he kind of developed some of that, but to me, he is still largely useless without the basketball. 
Yeah, he he'll be good to come off the bench and like slow the game down because they really had no one that slowed the game down last year. But bro, and with, the, with the starters, the I don't. In the league, when have we ever been like, yo, the Warriors should slow it down? Um, I've been like that a few times. Just maybe, but maybe only because Curry, they'll go on. Yeah, they'll go on strings the of like yes, of like four or five turnovers in a row. I'm like, all right, and now also, I mean. Now you can say, all right, get CP in there. I just like, so what? <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm with you. It, it sucks. I'm just, I'm just reaching, reaching for you. some positivity. But yeah, no. But to I'm, me, I'm, I'm but with, with the Warriors still, like still, even, okay, let's say they're sloppy. The upside of how unstoppable they could be when they move the ball flawlessly is better than mm-hmm. anyone in the league. Yeah. And Chris, when was the fucking last time Chris Paul was successful on a team that quickly passed the basketball? Like the fucking. I don't know Olympics? if there was the first time. The Olympics, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was what twenty twelve. I, I don't remember him playing in sixteen. It was twelve, but it, so he was like, he made sure he got all the assists. I hated him for doing that. I remember that specifically. He was the only one. You remember. Like, Russ would come in, Russ would come in and just like just pure energy. Uh yeah. Darren Williams would come in and was just like making shit happen, guarding, like just being active. CP was yeah. the only even like D Wade. D Wade was just coming in and doing whatever they needed. Yeah. But fucking CP would go out there and like could dictate the game. Yeah, he was like stat chasing in the Olympics, which was kind of crazy. Sick, dude. It was <laughs> I'm exaggerating like how much he hunted stats, but like he was, was the guy lot. who was a lot. like still even on a fucking Olympic team, they're still having to fit his game, not the other way around. Yeah. And this yeah. to me is just a recipe for disaster because with the Warriors, like their magic is that everyone like just utilizes their system to to its full potential i think it's going to be even tough for like cp to run up court when someone else gets the rebound i think that's going to be tough like, like that's such a small thing but it that changes so much of your tempo a lot of people who don't play basketball don't even know how much your your tempo changes when someone gets the rebound and just takes off versus cp waiting there for the ball Yes, it's very similar to Harden. So, like with the with the Warriors, I'm always concerned that CP won't be in good enough shape to play big minutes for them. Mm, yeah, he won't you know? need to play big minutes, though. I don't think. Hopefully, I just like I, I don't want to watch Steph carrying the the like the organization. I think my biggest problem with the CP move is obviously Pool had to go. Right, we had. Obviously, the pool situation was a disaster last year, um, off the court and on the court. But like for pool, pool's price tag to be so low that you're gonna pick up somebody who probably will just be playing for their like last year in the league. Like, pool is worth more than CP to me. I, I'm I sorry, guess I'm the if only one who me, feels that way. If, if you told me before that, like, okay, I'm I kind of agree with you that. The pool situation was, especially if you're going to re-sign Draymond, like you you can't really do the same thing in the pool 
you you kind of yeah. had to pick one or the other. And I'm not really mad that they picked Draymond. Uh-huh. But if you had told me even before that we'll get CP back for pool, I would have told you figure it out. Like, no, figure it out. Find a way. Like, you're regressing significantly, subtracting Poole, who was a legitimate splash brother. Back figure out how to in the keep playoffs. pool. Figure out how to keep pool, you're saying. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, it just to yeah, me, it's definitely. just such a fucking weird... Again, Poole was a guy who maximized the system to... to play at such a high level i just cannot visualize chris paul doing that yeah and unless you were for me unless you were getting someone like uh who's like did everything pool does but like with more control like like gary trent if you were getting, giving me gary trent jr and a pick for pool i'm like okay yeah we gotta lose pool anyway mm, I, i'm cool with that that works that's that's one of those I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's fine. If we have to, that's fine. But CP is not the if we have to, that's fine guy at all. No. Not for like I said, not for him to be a rental for a year and a half and maybe him break down after this year. But and again, um, like I, I honestly, I could forgive it if they really addressed their depth. Yeah. And they didn't at all. And they didn't at all. They pretended like depth wasn't a problem for them. Crazy thing is they traded, like, Pool was the big one in the trade, but they traded a lot of other guys, like, four guys for CP. Like, they're just guys that didn't play that much. But um, Baldwin, what was the other guys? I forgot the other guy's name. But they traded, like, all their their rotation uh, some guys from there, like not really in the rotation, guys. So they're like and four roster spots open up in. for CP. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You know what else kind of bothered me, and this was uh, this might have happened when before or after our last episode, I don't remember. But you know, Draymond's got a podcast, and he obviously kind of had the reaction to Chris Paul getting there, and his big. His big, like, sneaky, like, improvement was that Kuminga was going to get way better. Like, what the fuck? So? Let's, again, again, for the sake of argument, I'll be glass half full. Kuminga does get better. Like, you still don't have fucking depth. You you still, yeah, he's much, not going to be a fucking third splash brother. He's not a fucking Yeah, how much better center. is he going to be? Like, yeah. wait... What is his peak? Wiggins? You already have that. So it just, it doesn't even make sense. Like, what is he going to, CP is going to hit him on the cuts? Like, Draymond, you hit him on the cuts. What are you talking about? Right. Like, yeah, that to me was I, such a, like, non, non-issue that he made it seem like, yo, if Kuminga makes the fucking jump, like, we're good. What? That was bizarre yeah. to me. They're like, I, I've heard that even not from Dream but from other people that, like, they're making it seem like CP and Kuminga are going to be the off the bench discount <laughs> CP and Blake. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a CP so and weird. Kuminga picking roles in the you know oh. back half of the first quarter, 
you know, middle of the second quarter kind of. CP, yeah. bro, CP couldn't get eight in easy looks. What the fuck is he doing for Kuminga? Let's be honest. <laughs> Kuminga's still going to have to work his ass off, cut fucking 100 miles an hour, crash every rebound, and hit open shots. Like, let's be honest. It's- CP being there or or not has no fucking impact on any of those. It doesn't. And for me, even Draymond saying that, the fact that Kerr didn't think Kaminga was good enough to play at all in the playoffs, just like, that just ruins everything Draymond says to me. Because obviously he's not that great if Coach yeah. didn't even want to put him in the game at all. And, and he would like, he would play well and follow it up doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by the end of the playoffs, I was kind of with Steve Kerr of like, I mean, yeah, you kind of needed him out there, but there was a lot of times you you tried and he didn't do shit. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I really was, I was really looking uh-huh. for depth, man, more than anything, and I just got everything but or a bunch of I like random Dario shit. Saric. Like, I like Dario Saric. Yeah. yeah. But- I like it too. I forgot. To I, I kind of want them to have a little more structure, and he's really not a structure helper at all. So uh, this was, you know, what it reminded me of their off season uh, when everybody was hurt and they were like a lottery team, and they like got deloading, yeah. And, yeah. and it was such a mess. Like I forgot what else they did, but none of it was like a good idea in hindsight. <laughs> I mean, this is, bro, is this not, like, very so bad? Yeah, D-Loading and Chris Paul are different players. But it's no, the same idea of, you. like, why the fuck would you get D-Loading does not fit the, the players you have. I'm agreeing with you. That's why I love it because that, that offseason was really, 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 really bad. And this one is, this one is really bad, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. I don't know, man. I, I just idea. they've been they've been uh hopefully the the splash brother magic doesn't run out. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't know how you know pool capable of getting 40 off the bench, how you replace someone like with no that's depth, that good of a scorer. You just don't. Yeah. Yeah. What what's your next team? Um the Clippers, keeping it in the fucking West. So okay. everybody I talked about positively was was a kind of in a similar situation where I like that they are keeping this like a similar core. I like that they're not caving under the pressure of like, oh, you guys clearly suck and like clearly need to change. Yeah. The Clippers again were the total Warriors were too, like the total fucking opposite. Like, we've seen multiple years of this, of this core, like, this play style, this coaching. No. I mean, like, it's just not good enough. I mean, again, the the worst kind of aspect of it is the fact that Kawhi and PG can't be trusted to get on the court, which which is horrible, which is probably the biggest reason for their failure. Yeah, absolutely. Me and you have talked about this. We've 
it's not like they haven't played together at all. They've right. played together. They last year Kawhi was healthy most of the year. Mm-hmm. They didn't look that fucking good. No, they didn't. It didn't look that fucking good. And I like a lot of their individual moves. Bringing Russ back for like nothing, I love it. Bringing love it. Uh, Plumley back, I love it. I think they gave Zubac yeah. a new contract. I love it. They got um, Kenny Martin Jr. too. Again, another energy guy. Not like a wing, finally. That's an energy guy. Uh, thank God for that. But it's mm-hmm. still too many fucking wings. I actually liked the rumors of them potentially trading Paul George. I did too. I, I would I have liked, liked it for to them see, and for Paul George. I would have liked to see some hesitation of like Kawhi is our guy for the future. What the fuck? He looks like he might retire in half a year. I mean, like dude, I had yeah. people telling me after the fucking play after he went out again after managing his fucking minutes all year. I had people telling me, like, all right, Kawhi, like, Kawhi's going to be, like, the sixth man, 20 minutes a night guy. And I, like, I laughed. I laughed at people. Like, the Clippers are this much of a joke? There's no way. Yeah. Right. Bro, and, like, the, the disgusting cherry on top of this, like, shit cake, their massive adjustment or potential move Mm -hmm. is trading for a loser. Who? Harden. Oh, yeah, possible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like of of all the fucking like Harden, I've I've been critical. Whatever. Are they the team that needs James Harden's skill? No, they're not. Who the fuck? Who they're shoots not. more threes than them? Maybe Milwaukee. Maybe. Harden at his best wouldn't help Clippers. Like, Absolutely not. MVP like, Harden wouldn't help the fucking eighteen Harden wouldn't help them. Right. I I I wanted to see again. I, I don't need you to blowing everything up would be kind of insane. I acknowledge that, but like mm-hmm. I I really wanted them to be in the Dame sweepstakes. Like, why mm-hmm. haven't we heard a fucking soul mention them as part of the Dame potential? I think that's like one of the most natural moves to me. Because that would be your two star players have not like almost never looked good together. Yeah. It's not a fucking accident that Reggie Jackson was a borderline all star when Ka- for the one playoff run Kawhi wasn't there for. Their mm-hmm. best one. And yeah. and PG was like peak, peak all around play style PG. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they're gonna they looks looks like they're just kind of gonna be stuck running it back. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with them. Like they're not they're not gonna fool me again with like a month where they barely lose a game. Right, because that's what they've done every year. They've given us a really good regular season peak. Normally, that includes an ass whooping of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, for some reason, in the regular season, they've dominated the Lakers. Like, they haven't been able to show any sort of improvement, any sort of, like, development or chemistry. I'm starting to question Ty Lue more and more. 
another team that has no structure at all, and they don't seem like they even look for structure in the game. Like, they try to pretend like they flourish without it, when they're just not that kind of team. It's a lie. It's it's a fugazi. Yeah, it is. It's, It's like the fucking Rockets got four point guards, and the Clippers didn't get one? Right. I mean, maybe they, I mean, Russ, I guess. Like, really? I mean, yeah. I think they brought back Bones Highland. You didn't even fucking play him. That was bizarre to bring him back. I didn't even know they did that. That's bizarre. I, I might he might have moved, but I, I feel like I would have remembered where he went. Yeah, I think I would have too. I, I think you're right that they did. It's just I'm a surprise. So, and, and there's like a weird it seems like there's like a weird level of loyalty there. Because I, I think mm-hmm. I feel like Plumley could have got paid a bit more. Zubach maybe in, in on a different team could have got more. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think uh, they got Eric Gordon for like a relatively decent price. Mm-hmm. But to me, it, it's just such a fundamental play style problem that I can't. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough of the role player adjustments. Mm-hmm. They're not going to work. Like from what we've seen. I agree. They're a team that they could package one of the, one of the stars and like three of the other guys and get like a mega star and just see what happens. They're a team that really should take a risk and they didn't take any risk. Yes. I think they're and probably I'm almost... the one team in the league that needs to take a risk. And Harden is not the fucking risk I'm looking for. Like, please. No. I'd rather you no, fucking they... destroy your depth for Embiid. Like, yo, give up half that, the fucking yeah. roster for Embiid. Like that then we could that's that's fucking exciting. That would be interesting, yeah. That's a that's a good risk right there. Right. Like like Dame is yeah. another one. I mean, I, I think Siakam is a good risk for them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think getting uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I'm kind of, I'm such a hater at this point that I want them to like have a really bad first half of the year. So, so yeah. that they do what you just said. Like they take a fucking risk. Yeah. Cause I think losing is the only, if they have another good regular season where they're like a top four seed, they're, they're going to fucking, you know, talk spicy all year about how they're fucking, they got it. Like this is their time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm done, man. I'm again. AD's more more reliable to get on the fucking court than Kawhi and PG. Yeah, and that's and the sick. thing is, and part of it, I don't even think they are having a good time playing for the Lakers. I mean, for the Clippers, I don't think either of them are enjoying it because they're they never rush to get back on the court. They're never like, nope. oh, you know, we, we got to get back and play with the team. We really think we can do something. It's like, yeah, we're just having a good time. It's it's whatever. I don't see any fire from either of those guys for the Clippers. So I don't know no. why either of them even want to stay there. It is it is weird. It's a and, weird and loyalty to the team, like you said. P- PG's lies on his podcast have not swayed me. His lies about, oh, oh, me and Kawhi are trying to get on the court. Like, oh, really? You you real comfortable in those fucking training rooms. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how much you're actually trying, but all right, let's. Again, another year of him finding a way to miss the fucking start of the playoffs, and I'll, I'll rip my hair out. 
Like, I just want to see them play, and I haven't. Yeah, I agree. The small sample sizes have just been bad. And, uh, again, them as a duo, just every time I watch them, I see one of them taken away from the other. I haven't seen them together as a duo look like they play well together really at all. And I I don't really know why people are waiting for it. The the Boston duo, who who they got a ton of questions themselves – they mm-hmm. to me show more upside and more potential very often. Yeah. Compared to what I see from the Clippers. It's like it's never them as a duo for why they right. succeed. Never. Right. Yep. Uh, um, did you have any you other teams? One more? Uh I had uh, I want to hear if you had any teams before I hit my last point. <laughs> Um, Atlanta was one for me. Mm. I, I thought they were a team primed to make a big move. Another team that I thought should have, they took a risk, and I think it kind of paid off. I think Murray was great for him this year. I think the the Murray situation was was good. I just don't think that you know the coaching situation wasn't there. The rest of the team wasn't very good. A lot of times it was either just Murray or just Trey going off and, like, nobody else. So I thought they were a team that I thought I thought last season positioned them in a way where they would say, all right, we, we got the two guards. Let's just do whatever we have to do to get a third guy. And they really didn't. They actually just traded their third guy for nothing. They got – I mean, Rudy Gay's waved. I think they got, like, Caddy Mills. Out they of like, waved Rudy Gay. They retraded him to the Dunder, and then the Dunder waved him. Mm, so I forgot. Yeah, I think that's how they got Patty Mills. They have Patty Mills, who's a six foot guard. When you already have, you know, you traded Aaron Holiday and got Patty Mills. It's like, uh, it's like a net zero. So yeah, um, you, they got like West the Matthews, Clippers who, would have loved Patty Mills. Yeah, right. They got um, Wes Matthews, who, you know, is old, broke down at this point. He still hits shots, still plays good defense, but I don't know if that's what they need. I don't think he helps them. I don't even know who plays power forward for them now. They got they traded Collins and put nothing in his spot. So it's kind of strange moves. I thought they would do something that would actually help them. And I didn't think they did anything that helped them. They just like, we got to get rid of Collins. Let's get rid of him and get nothing. So they didn't even really sign anybody. I mean, they signed Wes Matthews, but they didn't sign anybody that I thought would like with money that was supposedly freed up from Collins. You know? So yeah, man. I, I Atlanta, man. I, I I'm such such a Quinn Snyder hater at this point. And the fact yeah. that they they just signed him and gave him like this secure long term deal immediately, I mean, yeah, it, it's the same shit as fucking as uh, Boston did with Missoula. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, can we actually look at the times when you need him most and see how he performs then, and then we could talk about the long term deal. Rather than right. like making that assumption way too fucking early, mm-hmm. I, I just I'm so I'm so just like my 
excitement for them is so low because I know their coach is average. Right. So like the personnel, to your point, they didn't really change the personnel. What, mm-hmm. what do I expect them to play defense? Like, no. Right. Uh, and I, just, I mean, Peyton Collins, they're probably going to go small. Like, uh, Quinn Snyder normally likes to do where they're going to have a small forward or shooting guard play power forward for them. So it's just, it was just disappointing for me. Not that I thought they were going to be great this year. I just thought yeah. like, Hey, you know, we got nice pieces. Let's do something with them. Let's at least polish yeah, the pieces we have. They didn't even do that. They're just another team. Like we've tried to get excited about them for multiple years and, and it yeah. hasn't, the on-court progression hasn't been there. No, it hasn't. So I just – there's nothing Nothing makes me think that's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on from the NBA. Um, I have one more. One to... more offseason. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So all the teams are covered, but there is another uh, organization who's having an – Horrible offseason. ESPN, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, ESPN basketball took, took a major blow. Dude, offseason. I mean, okay, Jesus Christ, budget cuts. Like, bro, they're doing the equivalent of, like, if Christopher no, or let's, I wanted, like, if Marvel, when they made Iron Man, was, like, running low on funds... So they were like, let's remove Robert Downey Jr. and get like an unknown actor. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and again, they're not doing exactly like that's not an exact comparison, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're fucking scaling down on their best talent. Yeah. No, like, it is it's more like if they were coming with the Avengers after they did all of the solo movies, the Avengers is coming out. We got Robert Downey Jr., but we just let's just replace everybody else because, like, Stephen A. is the only one saying, <laughs> "Yeah, everyone else." Is... <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like, oh, we're building the broadcast around like Mike Breen. What? Yeah, that's strange. Like Mike Breen yeah. was the the most like faceless voice of the fucking broadcast. What are you yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people couldn't point out Mike Breen in the lineup. Exactly. And and yo, and the fucking the 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 guy to step up and fill the void. I I just it's like a joke. It's a joke, bro. Doc Rivers. They they said that Doc and Doris Burke are gonna be the go-to for like the big games for the playoffs. Let's let's look at this logically. Doc Rivers was in the hunt for the Phoenix job, which means he's not like, he's not moving on from basketball to relax. Yeah. Right. Like, honestly, Doc is going to be there maybe two years. Right. People will he may not quickly forget how much he fucking lost in the playoffs. Somebody could get fired and then he may come back this year. Exactly. Like that that's worst case that he leaves in the fucking like two months. Yeah. Brooklyn. Uh, but it's just bizarre, bro. First, like 
Doc Rivers can barely do a fucking coach's interview. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, like, when he was a broadcaster before, he wasn't bad. I'm not saying he's, like, fucking, like, he's a shitty broadcaster. Like, why did they hire him? But no, they, he's good. Yeah. They downgraded, they downgraded to Doc from one of the best commentary duos ever. Yeah. Like, probably the best commentary duo ever. As far as just duos, as far as playing off each other, I mean, Mark Jones just eats with anybody. He's like, doesn't matter who his co star is. Yeah. But like, Jeff and, and Mark like made each other funnier. They made each other like their conversations were interesting. They they would t- mention yeah. shit that had nothing to do with the game, and it was interesting. Yeah, and now we and, get and, Doc, and, who like who the fuck is looking for his perspective? Another thing is they're gonna have to replace other people too, right? So like Doc is one. You just you just name two guys that are gone. Jalen Rose is gone. Um, somebody else they said earlier is gone as well but they're gonna have to replace other guys so you replace them with what guys who really didn't play as much basketball as them on as high a level as as mark jackson who's like an one of the all-time assist leaders top 10 all-time assist leader uh van gundy who is a great great coach one of like longest tenure coaches for like the same team which is not as common as people think a lot of time coaches don't stay with the same team for a long time like he did um, Jalen Rose, who is on the most iconic college basketball team ever, uh, who had a long career, played against Jordan and Kobe. You know, this he was is, a good player too. Like he wasn't a star, very but he good was a player. solid player. Very good player. Yeah, he was a, a starter, assistant a starter, long starter. Yeah. Um, he talks about the game in ways that the older guys really just can't even relate to it. Uh, so it's a lot to replace for Doc, who was out of touch as a coach. So That's like, insane, bro. It, That's so, and you know, out of touch as a coach. Not a discount. Not a discount. He's a champion. He had a good. Um, I'm discount. Enough career. is enough, bro. We've counted his championship for a fucking decade. No, I'm. I'm just saying he can talk about basketball. I'm. Not, I'm not saying. Right. I'm. I'm just clarifying. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good commentator either. He's a he's Listen, a great commentator when he did it. But it's if just they just added Doc, Phil, man, if they just added Doc, no problem at all. No problem yeah. at all. Listen, uh, Doc, but but you know his basketball takes are as simple as they come. Like it's a make or miss league. You know that's really what his famous quote is. Like that, honestly, bro, I couldn't think of a more fucking obvious quote in my sleep. <laughs> Yeah. It, but it's just to replace an iconic duo and replace other talented, you know, members of the of the team for mm-hmm. just Doc? Like, yeah. Bro, the TNT crew is eating y'all alive. Yeah. It, it obliterates, like, it, the ratings, the viewership. Just how the format of it, their format is right. better. Like it is, they actually analyze the game for for a meaningful length of time. They have meaningful conversations before the game, during halftime, after the game. 
meanwhile, in ESPN, no matter how good of the personality is, they're like reading a fucking prompt or they're delivering like a pre-written point. That feels like they're uh, they're kind of throwing in the towel to TNT to me. Yes. Like they're just, saving, this is a they're just saving money? Like, really? Yeah. Like, that's that's honestly pathetic. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, what sport is, like, what sport do you really need to watch at ESPN for now? I mean... Like, every sport is better really on another channel. Yeah, so... That, like the damn that's hot the part that's getting... Contest. I don't know what Joey else Chestnut. that's on. I'm sure there's another channel for it. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, Joey Chestnut being the ESPN MVP now is crazy. <laughs> but, the, like, again, Doris yeah, Burke... Yeah. Listen, I, lo- I love Doris Burke. I love but Doris. But to center your, like, next chapter around like her and Malika Andrews is is fucking lame. Like I'm sorry. Hater. It's fucking lame. You're a Malika hater. Sure. I'll, again, Malika already fucking dominates all their fucking shows. She does, yeah. She does. I, I don't got a problem. Yeah. Again, it's just you you fire goats to bring in fucking average. And and it ain't. Yeah. There's no way they're paying Doc like, you know, like that little. I'm sure Doc wasn't that fucking cheap. Yeah, because you got to pay him to not want to be coaching, and I'm sure right. he doesn't have an exclusive deal. I just, man, it's bizarre people, because a, it, it really feels like ESPN is dying. They lose a lot of people because they can't get the exclusive deals because they don't offer up the big budgets. Like Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was in and out, Showtime, ESPN, Showtime, ESPN, Showtime, ESPN. Then Showtime gave him that big bag. I haven't seen him on ESPN since. Yeah, J.J. Reddick is a guy who's who's hesitated committing to them. Yeah, he was on Ringer, ESPN, Ringer, ESPN. Yeah. Um, they, I think they fund his uh, – I don't know. They don't even fund his podcast still, right? He still has someone else producing the podcast. I think so. So, like – yeah, I'm not so, too familiar, but a guy like they uh they Pat McAfee's a guy they brought who I think is funny. I've watched his show a lot, like really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like they had like beef. They they like disputed over like content and like him using footage from the fucking NFL. Like, what is yeah. going on? What are we doing? Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff they don't they don't offer the exclusive deal because they don't want to give up that money, which to, is strange. But put it in in league terms, I, I just I don't see the direction. It's just all bad. It's all bad or like a, a less than what you already had. They're offering uh, Colin Coward to come back. I mean, hey, maybe maybe I'm sleeping. Maybe they're going to give Shannon Sharp like a fucking gazillion dollars to save the fucking network. Who knows? Now, Shannon doing NBA play-by-play would be hilarious. That would be a dream come true. Oh, dude, get, a, get him a shot of Henny to, right before so he's nice and, like, nice and open-minded. Oh, man, he's going to 
Oh, it'd be so funny. Yeah, he'd have to do uh, have him do all Dylan Brooks games. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. he yeah. could do LeBron games, man. He could let that happen. <laughs> that would be really crazy. Anyway, I mean, listen, yeah, ESPN has had some some Hall of Fame uh, LeBron stands, <laughs> most notably yeah. being uh, Brian Windhorst. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But I just, man, I, it's weird. It's Broussard, weird. They got fine. Broussard out of here, too. It's they weird let Broussard go because of that. Right. And Broussard, know. and by the way, like, FS1 is not really known for the sports they have. And they do have some, like, more obscure sports. They have a lot of college yeah. stuff. But yeah. FS1 literally took all the interesting talk show personalities from ESPN. Other than Stephen A. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Marcellus uh, Wiley and Acho too. Emmanuel yep. Acho, both of them came yep. from ESPN. Both of them so, had good shows on ESPN too. I liked Marcellus and Max. I think they had a show together for a while. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, the Miami guy with the dad and then Bomani. That was great. Dan Libertard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Libertard. Now it's now he does like a fucking podcast and he trashes ESPN every time it comes up. You, you notice that? Yeah, that was the former employees speak on them positively. Yeah, Carrie Champion trashed them relentlessly. Fucking um, who's the other girl uh, from Numbers? Don't lie. Uh, the one that had the show with Carrie for a while. I think so. She had the show with uh, Numbers yeah. Never Lie. What? what oh my god! I can't, I can't believe I can't remember her name. Yeah, I can't remember either. Real short, um, black girl. Also, I anyway. I mean, she was she was. Funny I know what you're talking about. Girl. I just don't remember her name. Yeah, I, I, know exactly I feel horrible that I can't remember her but. and uh, the dude Michael, Michael something. Smith, he, he right? Was good. It was they had basic. a show. Yeah, they had that show was good. I love numbers that show. never lie, bro. I'm telling you, that show was one of one of the goads for them. They just cut it off. That <laughs> one ended so randomly, and I haven't, I didn't know uh, what happened to him either. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Jamel Hill. That's who you're talking about. That's Jamel, dude. Oh man, Hill. Oh dude, yeah. I hate, I hate when I forget names. But uh, yeah, He's man. Cool. I mean. She was really cool. We we've talked about this off air. Like Bomani is hilarious. Like Mel Hill has a good podcast, by the way. Bomani has a good Hill's show a good on fucking Max. I know. I wish it was longer. I hate how short it is. Yeah, but it is a good show. Yeah, especially the conversation, yeah. the interviews, man. I I really wish he could deep dive some of the people more. Uh but it's like like Stephen A is the only obvious talent they've dropped the bag for <laughs> and it's it's kind of like what i mentioned with the warriors like yo don't put the whole fucking the whole team on steps back like don't put the fucking network on Stephen a's back jesus it basically did and, yeah. and Stephen a's podcast is popping off so he's probably gonna fucking leave eventually yeah Stephen a's well, popping no, off, but talking he- about non-sports but his podcast is still. I mean, I think ESPN still owns his podcast. I think. Hmm. I could see that. If they don't, 
if they don't, they're taking the L. He's done. If if 100%. they don't, when his contract is up, yeah, hundred percent. I just to me the talent kind of makes you know like you're not really gonna change the format or anything to catch up to TNT. Your only hope is to invest in in the you know the right talent. I hope they don't have Kendrick Perkins doing the game, the play-by-play stuff. I really hope they don't. I like Richard Jefferson doing it. Um, And JJ's okay. JJ's a little bit negative for me, but... Yes. Also very, like, uh, advanced stat throwing. Yeah. It's weird hearing a player being that deep into advanced stats. Yeah. And it's not always advanced, but it's just like, I want to see just his, like, like, that's what I liked about Mark Jackson and and Jeff. It was just like a natural what they're seeing, what, like, kind of what they have seen. And it's just their unfiltered take. Yeah. And a couple times they've slipped up and, and said some reckless shit. But, like, the inside crew lives on that. Yeah. I be watching the Mark Jackson wild things he oh, said. Dude, like, that, the the LeBron wife was just hilarious, bro. <laughs> the way he qualified it with like what was the word respectfully, respectfully or whatever. That yeah. shit. Oh with my all due god, respect. weak. With all due respect. Oh my god, dude, that was that was one of the fun because it was LeBron going. Cr- I, I'll never forget that game one because LeBron was going crazy and Jr. Yeah. just lost his mind. <laughs> but like he literally, LeBron did something tough and he just threw that out, and I was like, "What did I just hear?" <laughs> An iconic moment. Anyway, we we've gotten yeah. held on, on this topic too long. I just wanted to mention that ESPN yeah. is losing their fucking mind. Yeah, it's, it's getting crazy. And I, I got to be honest, man, some of the guys that they have, I don't really want to mention the names, but some of the guys they have, I like as players, but are just terrible talking about basketball. Like, and I, I shouldn't say talking about basketball, but they're not good at that, at like the ESPN stuff. Like, I would talk to them one-on-one about basketball, but like, well, I'll say, like Vince Carter, he's boring to hear him talk about that. the game, man. It's so boring. And I love Vince. I was a huge Vince fan. Yeah. But I don't want to hear him on ESPN. I just don't. Like, yeah, podcasts would be cool. But on the shows, it's just not, like, it's just something doesn't doesn't make me want to listen. And then some of the other guys that they bring on there from the league that are still kind of playing, they just don't, they don't give you unfiltered takes. They don't really, they sugarcoat everything. Like, CJ McCollum has never said anything honest on when he comes on oh, ESPN. Man. Not once. Oh, dude, CJ. CJ is like lie. a fucking politician at this point. Yeah, he just goes on there lying, lying, lying. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we were cool. Like, come on, man. Pat Bev went on there like a champ, and then they never let him come back on. <laughs> yeah. See, like, like that. One time, Twice he was done. It was so entertaining. I mean, I don't know, man. I I think they just hesitated on committing to so much, like exciting chemistry talent as far as like getting yeah. along with Stephen A, getting along with some of the other people. Yeah, and they're just like they're slow and they're cheap. Stephen A gonna be sitting in the studio all by himself eventually, because 
I just never fathomed yeah. a, a company like ESPN having to fucking layoff, like lay people have a mass layoff. Yeah, and then they're gonna give us these trash Disney Plus shows. Disney, listen, drop. The, what are you paying do for if you're not paying for good? I, you know, I'm not gonna get too deep, but if you're not paying for it, good yeah, television we're or the good, rabbit hole at that point, or good sports, what are they paying for? But yeah, it is what it is. A- anyway, um, we got we are talking about some of the health issues that have went around for went around yeah. sports. First of all, uh, Bronny Jr. Glad um, LeBron Jr. Bronny, glad you're okay. Um, but he suffered cardiac arrest during a practice. Um, we've been seeing cardiac arrest kind of with Demar Hamlin, with um, Keontae Johnson, I believe his name was at Florida, who got drafted this year. Congratulations to him; he looks good. But a lot of guys having cardiac arrest. We've seen. Uh, the women's soccer players having like a ACL epidemic throughout the team, um, throughout Team USA, and just throughout all of women's soccer, they're having a major ACL issue, which I don't even know how you address. Uh, right. but yeah, it, it's it's strange, man. I think the NBA is having. I've seen a lot of like shoulder injuries lately. That's like the new trend. Of injuries is shoulders, um, and it always is kind of a trend. For a while, it was ankles. I remember, then like all of a sudden, everyone tore the ACL over like three years. It was like ten ACL tears. Then I I remember some back issues. Dwight Howard like kind of started back issues, and then now it seems like it's shoulders and women is ACLs and cardiac arrests all over the place. Um, not talked about enough. I don't think um, you don't have to play yeah. football to be in a sport that is still dangerous to your health because you're exerting a lot of energy, a lot of um, for a lot of time, um, a lot of wear and tear on your body. But uh, what do you think? You have thoughts? I mean, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, the first thought is always just as scary. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Bronny situation, you know, luckily he's with, uh, you know, people who were quick to react and, and react in the right way. I mean, as, you know, we were in college together, like, dude, if I'm working out with a guy and he has a, like, his heart stops, like, yeah, I would freak out. I mean, yeah, I'd call 911, but like, I'm not even sure if I could speak to them. You know, I'd be freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so just that's just such a scary situation. I mean, he could have worked worked out by himself. I mean, if nobody was there, I, you know, that's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say if if I had to kind of like assume why maybe it's more of a trend, I I feel like like training and and athletes have gotten better, mm-hmm. but like the the. So if you're going to train harder and more intensely and like obviously put more physical strain on your body, like you, you have to match that with more of like more stretching, more eating correctly, more taking care of yourself, more sleeping is a big one. Like sleeping is kind of hard to really prioritize because you just, a lot of people just do it or don't. Yeah. 
and it's like it's not really been an even climb. That's the problem. I think the taking care of yourself hasn't been as like at the forefront, hasn't been as much of like a, a clear cut aspect of training, aspect of uh improving as an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the recovery hasn't yes. hasn't improved. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There hasn't been as me, much technical technological advances in uh, recovery as a, well. There has been, but they haven't been utilized as much as the technological. It's, it's more so like in, it's in, it, it kind of has this, just as far as like medical advancement it has, but the right. awareness to it is not the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I see that you know I I coach at a high school level. I'm around a lot of college trainers. I'm around a you know a couple of guys who play in college, so so I kind of I'm around a lot of middle schoolers as far as basketball goes. So so I see kind of like the the we're picking up a lot of the training knowledge, a lot of the workout knowledge, a lot of the how to get better knowledge, but not mm -hmm. the 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 fucking taking care of my health in advance, not the taking care of right. my health like for the foreseeable future. You know, and, right. and that's kind of that equation, I think, is where the slight disconnect is. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and some of the stuff is just, you know, freak, freak accidents. Yeah, of course. Of course. There's always freak ac accidents. Also, uh, we no one has the full answer or else they'd be going over it after the first person. Right. But um, the other thing is, I think that a lot of the a lot of the advances in performance are getting a little bit greedy with, with, um, you know, for a while, I don't remember if it was Nike or Adidas, but for a while, like they were, they came out with a new kind of shoe and they were milking it, milking it, milking it. But then they never really addressed the injury part of it, of like the new advancement in the shoe. Then they had to stop doing that in the shoes. Like, oh, crazy like, lights. The crazy lights were insanely dangerous yeah. for like high level basketball players. And I didn't yep. fucking learn that until after I tore my ACL in them. Right. So it, that always happens. That's always going to happen. Waves of that. I think so, some stuff isn't tested all the way, at least tested to where, uh, like, on a big enough scale so that when they release them, they, we're ha having a lot of injuries. Because, you know, especially in soccer, everyone kind of wears the same stuff. There's only, like, four different kind of shoes yeah. you see around in, in soccer um soccer football whatever you call it but um and i'm saying for like each brand like nike has like four different kinds of soccer shoes adidas has like four or five different kinds of soccer shoes so chances are they're all made with very similar technology so yeah. um i think that that's another problem with, when it comes to that not the cardiac arrest but when it comes to the acls the injuries that we've seen in there injury epidemic they're having it, it's tough man it's tough. Sports is is not easy. As much as people think, oh, these guys get paid a lot of money. They just go out there to have a good time, play around. No, it's it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. You see a lot of guys, you know, barely takes, walking after. Yeah, years it of takes sports again. I think I think LeBron with time, like his successes and failures, will forget more and more. Like on the court, in. Yeah. The, as more time goes on, we'll never not be shocked at how long he was great. 
Yeah. Like that, that'll be the that's the biggest thing. Like, for sure. Yo, LeBron, yo, he was dominating for like for two decades, you know, two and a half, maybe. Yeah. Like that that to me of all the shit he's done is just such an insane. I mean, he made it like a trend. Like, like you're supposed to star players are supposed to come in and give you like a ton of time to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Well, well, it's the the trend is actually the fucking opposite in a lot of right. uh, situations. But uh, real right. quick, I'll, I guess I'll put it a slightly different way. You said a uh, greedy the advancements in training. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like impatient, not necessarily greedy, mm-hmm. but what I guess it is kind of a similar thing. Uh, yeah, to where yeah. they're trying to get the most in like the shortest span of time, you know, yeah. where you, like there's this notion that players can get more athletic in like a three month span. Like, yeah. if you're gonna significantly improve your athleticism in a short time span, it, like it's all the more reason to focus on your overall health. Yeah. And it's just not the same priority. I mean, I I went through it when I was a kid. The 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 athlete programs, the the fucking increase your vertical programs. I tried a lot of those. I'll tell you what I didn't try to do: stretch more. Right. You know, and uh, not coincidentally, I had fucking knee problems. Right. Yeah, you had uh, more knee problems than anyone I know. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it it's tough. It's tough. Um. I hope that there is something in the next year or two where they really take a look at these injuries and try to figure them out because as much as it's bad for the athletes, you know, everyone watching them, it sucks not seeing your player out there, right? I mean, it sucks for us as fans. It's worse for the athletes because they're missing a chance to do what they love and missing a chance to do their opportunities. But, you know, athletes need to – I mean, fans need to take responsibility – and saying, like, look, fans should want athletes to get better just as much, is what I'm trying to say. We should care, because yeah, what's the point of watching the sport if everybody's hurt all the time? We don't want people to get hurt. And then, other than LeBron, everyone else's career gets cut short after they get hurt. You know? Yeah. And I would like to see the athletes, because, uh, you know, a small aspect of it is the athletes sometimes prioritizing the bag over the career longevity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. I would like to see that more of a priority of like, I'm not just trying to come into the league and be an all-star. I'm trying to come into the league and stay in the league for 15 years. Right. And guys like guys have that goal, but too often they don't say it. I want to hear right. more of the, I want to fucking play a long time. I love this game. I'm not just trying to be great at it. I want to play it a long time. Right. And, and I think that could influence kids, man. I, I think kids respond to shit like that. I think younger uh, athletes respond to, to obviously the stars kind of pointing stuff like that out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. Lastly, uh, we had one of the biggest fights of our lifetimes uh, last week. And, um, well, this weekend. Between Terrence Crawford <laughs> and Errol Spencer Jr. Um, hey, uh, real quick, the Justin, yeah. what was his last name? Gaithy or whatever? He 
Yeah. The UFC duty, that kick knockout yeah. he had was crazy too. It was crazy. It was fantastic. Yeah. I that was a big one too. That, that was their second. Right. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. That, that was that was spectacular. Um now we we had a conversation about this, but I definitely want to bring it to the pod. One reason why this Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. fight was such a big deal is because the last time we've had like two Americans that are this high a level uh, facing each other is like been heavyweights in the nineties. Like normally we have we have Mayweather, but then we have Pacquiao. We have uh, another big fighter, but then we have Canelo. We have a lot of guys who are uh, not to say that they don't they're not important. I'm saying when in the USA, when it's an inter inter country uh, fight, it just raises the stakes. It raises the stakes because it's not a sport that yeah. we're even that big of fans of, um, you know, relative to the other sports. But uh, it's it splits the fandom, right? Because normally, yeah, if it's Mayweather versus Pacquiao, the majority of the country is going to root for their home country guy. Uh, in this in this case, it was like South versus South. Um, you know, both guys, pretty good guys, family guys. Like you know, it's it was harder to pick who to root against, right? In, in this situation. So, um, with that being said, it really wasn't it wasn't close at all. Complete domination by Terrence Crawford. Um, yeah, stopped it in the ninth Bro, round. Which it's crazy. He dominated the fight. Earlier. He dominated the fight so impressively. People are like, um, people are like happy about uh, how the fight lived up to the hype. I've never. This is the first time I've ever seen. You know, I don't talk to a crazy amount of people. Only a couple that watch boxing, but they they yeah. like. I've never seen boxing fans be like in hindsight be happy about a fight that was dominated by one guy. I think they're. I think they're more happy that Crawford lived up to his hype, which was deserving. You know, he was deserving of the hype. Now looking yes. back on it, right? Um, yeah, man, and and part of it is because these guys have taken so long to make this fight. It's been like at least four years that they've been beating around the bush about this fight. I think 2018 was when um uh was when Spence. Like got one of his his weather uh his welterweight title, um, 2017 I think actually. So I remember uh I remember for... Spence was uh, getting the first title. I remember um, Crawford beat the Australian guy. Uh, mm-hmm. can't remember his name, man. But he was big guy, good fighter, had a phenomenal record at the time. I think he had like a tie, Horn? maybe. Yes, Jeff Horn. Horn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bro, yeah. physical. He had just beaten. Just beating Pacquiao, which was a kind of a robbery. I thought Pacquiao won that fight. But right, uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff Horn just beat Pacquiao and then came Crawford and Crawford and beat him. Crawford yeah. handled him pretty pretty comfortably. <laughs> yeah. Similar to, to how this turned out, to be honest. It was. The same round. Uh and you know, Spence Spence had been fighting a lot of people that like other people had already beaten. And then Crawford kind of started doing the same thing. Oh, kind of fighting the scraps. And he was actually kind of fighting the scraps of Spence. So 
they were kind of beating around the bush for a long time, man. And this fight, uh, like to the action of this fight, Crawford just looked like his timing was much better. He looked like he was waiting for everything Spence did. Spence looked scared after the first round. Spence looked terrified for the rest of the fight. He he was his heart was taken. Uh, his face was like he would get stuck uh, in that like half smile, and it would yeah. look like yo, you're clearly like freaking out, dude. Like you're trying so hard to look like you're chilling out there, and you know that's not what's going on, bro. He was desperate. He was desperate yeah. for a lot of this fight. It, it was it was bad, man. It was a bad display for Spence. They have a rematch clause. Um, and then the rematch clause, uh, that means that however the fight uh, comes out, the loser automatically gets a chance to fight the winner again. And um, in this their particular rematch clause, um, Spence gets to choose what weight they fight at. So um, I don't remember who is typically, typically the bigger one. I think it might be Spence that's normally bigger. So he, he may want to move up want Crawford to move up to fight at a bigger weight this time. Um, so. Hey, no. I'll, I'll say this, man. And this is like a consensus, you know, it's not just me thinking it, but uh, take, take your time to like get right. Uh, yeah. From what I, I had some people tell me again, I'm a casual fan, so I don't like follow the fighters as far as like their uh-huh. personal shit or whatever. But Spence yeah. had been in, in a number of like accidents yeah, uh, he had some like strange off, out of ring situations, uh, yeah. you know, and and I can't help but look at shit like that as the the focus wasn't there like like to the point where it needed to be. Yeah, he had a I believe it was a drunk driving situation. He had yeah broke his yeah. hand, tore his hand up. Actually, See, the last time they were supposed to fight, he couldn't fight because of the car accident. See, like to me. Meanwhile, Crawford has been like laser focused on being the go this whole time since the guy that Australian dude he whooped. Yeah. Who else did I see? Uh, Khan. He fought Khan and handled him again, similar like this, just surgical, wearing him down. All of a sudden, Khan looks frail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the last full fight I remember, which was a like. I'm not even sure if it was 2020. It might have been before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but again, Crawford had been as focused then as he is now. He's been yeah. surgical this whole time. And and you mentioned this, like the fact that Spence didn't seem prepared for like the fact that Crawford would have a strategy. He, he didn't look prepared at all. I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen a champion less prepared than Spence was for this fight. That's you yeah. can't you can't go into a fucking fight against a cyborg doing that. Yeah, but someone with you know 40 wins, like he's I think he's 40, you know, 31 knockouts. Like you think you're gonna oh. go into that fight not like, having watched film? At this point, at this point, making through the fight with Crawford is like you're legit. You're you're a real fighter if you could survive the 12 rounds. Yeah, his percentage thirty one for forty is well, again you know, he really if high. He won't just just regularly put you to sleep. He'll wear you down so like you just can't. You, you just have no choice but to go to sleep. Yeah, 
Yep. Yeah. And it and it, the Star Crash uh let, let me make one thing clear about the Star Crash thing. That happened and he didn't get hurt in that crash. You know, ended up costing him chances to fight people. Yeah, so but yeah, I, I gotta see the focus on a similar level if they're gonna rematch. I guess that would be a short way to put it. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I, I really don't even think they need to rematch because like if the fight was closer, I'd be interested in a rematch. <laughs> so but it really wasn't me. close. Yeah, so it wasn't close at all. So there's really no inter- nothing interesting. Crawford Crawford has nothing else to prove. I mean he, he's nothing. He's cemented. He, he's undisputed. He's he's. They need to go back in time done. to to prove anything else. Yeah, he is a he is a great management group, um, great uh, promotion group. He he he's got fighters under him already. Like he should just he can go to the mentor thing and call it a the, career. The could be route. You know, could be yeah. his career was yeah. much shorter, but you know the yeah. the level of dominance especially technically it was very similar again you mixed fight fight mixed martial arts and boxing are different but it's just just dominating in the technical aspect of it so overwhelmingly very similar yeah. to me yep yep we will see what happens um with that one um but yeah rough very very rough um, I, I think that's it for us today. Uh, yeah, yeah we covered all the, the main uh, all the main topics. Yeah, yeah, solid. we'll we'll be back soon. Hopefully, uh, we see Harden and Dame thing is just Damien has got the whole league kind of in a chokehold right now. Yeah, we um, didn't really cover the uh, the memo that was sent out by the league. Yeah, yeah, about Dame. Uh, at least his agent telling teams that he would only play for the Heat. Then they had to clean that up, saying he would play for anybody. And re- really, everyone knows he still only wants to play for the Heat, um, which is disappointing as a Damian Lillard fan. I hope that's really not the case that he's doing that. I hope it is just his agent. Um, and then Harden, like what I think a lot of teams are confused on what Harden is going to do. I think Harden might be confused on what he's going to do. The Houston situation doesn't look like that's gonna work. I don't really see how Harden fits into what they're doing. Um, no, there's one reason Philly, like be understandable for him to go back to Houston. It's got nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. Hey, I mentioned Atlanta not making the move, so that's another team. <laughs> Atlanta might have Atlanta might be missing out on on the greatest shooting guard we've ever seen that's never actually performed at that level. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um. Hopefully, one of those things happens soon because it's getting close. Like it's getting close to training camp time for basketball, so they got to yeah. start making, start doing what it, they have to do there. Um. But yeah, we'll be back soon. Uh, women's talk definitely uh, a lot of NFL talk these the next uh, couple weeks or months because I'm excited, man. Every time NFL offseason always is too long. Like yeah, I feel like I right up until that last like this this last like month stretch before the season starts, I miss football heavy. Yeah, me too. 
I'm the same. Um, yeah, and uh, women's World Cup is U.S. Mm -hmm. is a little shaky, yeah. but it's exciting. We'll be back to talk about that. Um, and anything else we find. So college as, sports as always, will be starting up. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, as always, subscribe, follow, uh, comment, everything. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.